Okay. I just created out of other thoughts. Is it? For some reason, the guys wanted me on it. For some reason, yeah, something like that. Hey, guys. So, hey. so Jason's not here. He's not. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but he's not in the room with us, so. No, Jason. Uh, I'm going to introduce this podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm to put on my best NPR voice. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about stuff, so. I what are we starting here. with, Matt? We're going to start with introductions. Let's get right into it. Yeah, well, I'm Matt Montgomery. I'm here with Trevor Brady, Charles Barnard, and my dad, Steve Montgomery. We share a last name. It's not really that hard. We don't fight over it, so. Let's, uh, <laughs> Trevor, why are you laughing? Trevor's that, laughing because, uh. That was such a dad joke. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk. Guys. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, Sporting Kansas City. Trevor, do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, Trevor, tell us about the game. Let's get Trevor's opinion on the game. What what did you think of uh, Sporting Kansas City? Were they difficult for us? They were very. Who was your man of the match? (laughs) So, Trevor, when did you watch the game? I didn't watch the game. You didn't watch. Wait, what? That's sacrilegious. I, I tried. I did everything in my power to watch the game except bring my ID to the bar, which is very embarrassing for me. And I hope you guys move past it. Move past what? I see it open right next to me at the Bourbon House. Yeah, I, I believe it. So, uh, Trevor didn't watch the match. I, I next time yeah, you I see didn't. him, give him a hard time. Please don't hit him in the back of the head with a with a two by four or something. I, I don't know. Oh, don't do that. I don't condone violence to Trevor or anyone else for that matter. Well, maybe Connor Casey. Who's that? That's that bald <laughs> guy. Yeah, that's fair. I don't condone violence towards him. Accidental violence, on the other hand, is. Game. <laughs> Speaking of accidental violence, uh, what did you guys think of uh, Rich Balshan and, and uh, our favorite red card left back, Abdullah Mansali? Well, I have to say, I was, I was generally impressed with him. Um, when I heard the, the lineup, I was pretty worried. Yeah, I was um, I was not happy. Yeah, no Raimondo, none of, neither of our outside backs, but um, Balshan especially, I thought he had a really, really good match. Uh, going one-on-one against Graham Zussi for most of the time. Um, he let Zussi behind him a couple times, but that's going to happen to anyone with Zussi. Yeah, it wasn't but, really problematic, was it? Uh, but on a whole, he did great. Um, Mancelli didn't get a red card, so uh, that's good. I actually thought he was he was pretty good. Yeah, he, um, was, he, was, he was very good. And there were a couple times on the counter that he actually got forward and like was the furthest player forward. We, I mean, we covered from perfectly, so... Yeah, Yuck. it was uh, exactly the sort of thing I think we want to see from an attacking left back. And having Balchan on the right, uh, I think, w- was beneficial. Because for me, he's basically like a slightly smaller, maybe, version of Chris Winger. Younger. Uh, he's certainly that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't know what else we could expect from those guys. Uh, he slotted in very well. He was solid in defense, so. And I think one thing that helps, and we haven't mentioned him yet, but uh, Jeff Antonella was was talking about how he basically trains with Antonella or trains with Balchin and Mancelli normally, so he was used to them out there. Uh, there was very good communication out there w- between the whole back line. Um, so yeah, it was it was very very well from them. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, Chris Schuler in particular, I think, did really well too. And for me, he's kind of become that player that that organizes the defense and is the player we've been lacking uh 
yeah, Nat Borges can do it, but I don't think it's a specialty. No. Um, I think he, he will is obviously a very good player and he can organize a little bit but but Chris Schuler's vocal qualities I think really have, have pushed us forward and I think that's really surprising um I always thought Chris Schuler is the quiet type but you know going the strong to, silent type. yeah going to training or, or a reserve match where, where there's not a lot of people there he's very vocal on the field he's yelling at everyone telling them where to go what to do so where to stick it <laughs> that too um <laughs> but I I've thought for a while that that Chris Schuler is actually our most important player on the team not most valuable per se but most important with what he does for for the defense yeah he he solidifies everything Trevor you might actually have an opinion about this part about Chris Schuler and that Borchers yeah maybe not about Saturday but about the <laughs> the topic in general no I I think um it's been fairly evident um for a while that Borchers and Schuler is definitely our best center back combo I think Schuler definitely compliments Borchers. Yeah. In, in whatever Borchers is lacking in, Schuler definitely makes up for. Schuler is not Olave, but Olave did that for Borchers as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he mopped up. Yeah, yeah. He, he mops up and uh, just very smart defensively and knew his limits. Speaking about Olave, uh, he knew that he could um, make mistakes because he had the recovery speed to make up for yeah, it. So, yeah. He's smart enough to know how how he can make mistakes and what risks he can take, and Schuler's the same way, I think. Yeah, and there's a reason he it will probably lead the league in interceptions this year. Yeah, he's 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 fantastic at reading what the other team is doing and stepping into that position. Yeah. I think I think that's the a lot of players I think can read it. Not a lot of players know when they can step. And when they can't. The other yeah. thing is he's just dominant in the air. There, any any ball in the air that's anywhere near him, he's going to win. And he's six foot like twelve, so Trevor, that's that makes seven sense. feet. <laughs> do you realize I, this? I do. You realize I'm exaggerating. Am I allowed to do that? N- Never. On, only when you watch the match on Saturdays. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Of Next that. podcast, if uh, you watch the Philadelphia Union match, that is enough of that. Yeah, of course I'm going to watch the Union match. I don't have to juggle 20 things like I did last time. Don't worry about it. You're a juggler? No. Oh, good. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the offense? Because, uh... Well, there's yeah. not much to talk about the offense, but I, I do think we have to, to double back and talk about Antonella. Oh, he, yeah. He was that by guy. far the, the man of the match. Um, he, he really just dominated his box, made some incredible saves... Didn't really make many. He probably only made maybe one mistake that that Borchers was able to clear off the line. But other than that, he he had a great match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was man of the match for the for that match, and he was named to the MLS Team of the Week. I mean, no, I think that, no dispute there. That has to just give the whole team confidence going into the period where where Ramondo will be gone for the World Cup, but also in coming in, into this next match against Philadelphia because. It's not looking like Ramondo will play, so you're, we're going to have Antonella back in the back again. <laughs> we didn't tell tell Scott Kessler that, did we? We didn't tip our hand? Uh, I don't think so. Good. Wait, we haven't talked to Scott Kessler yet, because this is the first segment, Matt. We're time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, and we, we've seen Antonella before. We know what he's capable of. We know that he's a very, very capable backup keeper. Um, it's been said 
a number of times by a number of different people. He is definitely capable of starting on a number of different teams in the league. Yeah, I, he I, could I probably start for like 16 teams. I, don't know, I wouldn't say 16. 13. No, but he is he's Two. capable. And I have no problem. I mean, Ramondo is obviously better. Oh, yeah, he's the I, best goalkeeper in MLS. Yeah, it doesn't make me uncomfortable uh, to have Atnella back there like it did when we had Saunders last year. Saunders was always kind of a little bit... Well, to be yeah. fair, so was Jeff Atnell in his, in, in his first couple in games. his first couple games. But yeah, he... Did he play against the games? Union last year? I don't... No, no it Sa- was Saunders, Saunders that was against, against the Union. Oh, Remember, because yeah. Saunders... Saunders made that... Latour. Yeah, that, oh, that was wonderful. But, no, it's... I, no problem with Atnell. He's clearly a capable keeper. He's not unintelligent. He doesn't make poor decisions. He's a great shot stopper. He, he's everything you want in a... In a goalkeeper, let alone a backup goalkeeper. And if you think about this, um, his last two matches have been shutouts. He he played in that Vancouver match towards the end of the year last year, which was a shutout. Yeah. So he's got a a good little run going. That's true. Another shutout, please, Jeff, if you're listening. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about sporting Kansas City? Or should we just move on as quickly as we can? Because that match... It was ugly. It was really ugly. There There was not anything going on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think we had five shots, one shot on goal. Um, we we just weren't controlling the ball like we normally would. But but Kansas City is a good team, and, and that's and what they do. That's they're, what they do. They're a disruptive side. That's so what was they it? Because I didn't watch the game, obviously. As you did over a number of times. Was it more that Kansas City was just better defensively than we were offensively, or were we just not good offensively at all? Well, it was yes. more. Yeah. <laughs> And it started in the midfield. They were they were winning the battle in the midfield. Okay. Um, there, you know, if if you have a match where Sabario doesn't have a shot, it's not necessarily Sabario's fault. It's because he's not getting the ball. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would point out is that the quality of opposition we faced in these first five matches is probably the best we have had to face in our history. Uh, we faced LA Galaxy twice. Faced Sporting Kansas City once. We faced, faced uh, San Jose once, and then there's that Toronto FC side. Yeah, Chivas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. They did if, not. If the look worst good. team you face in five games is San Jose, which is what it was, they yeah. were the worst we faced. That it's tough. Yeah. 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 But that, it means we don't have to face them all near the end of the season. We've already got the well, rapids the, out of the way. And the thing is, like these were teams that were, you know, everyone except Toronto, uh, going into Champions League at the start of the season. And if we look yeah. back at 2011 when yeah. we had a fantastic start, uh, you know, we had Champions League to play for. Yeah. So you start a little hotter when you've got those, those you know, big opportunities. And I mean, obviously they didn't pay off for any of them. And we still have a chance at, uh, at being the first MLS side to uh, yeah, so win far. Champions League. We'll see. <laughs> a, a small yeah. tear just escaped. Yeah, it's like Matt's, that that uh, the crying Indian commercial, Native but, American. <laughs> yeah. But to your point, though, you know we're one of only two teams that are undefeated, and and if you look at Dallas, who's the other team, their schedule has been a joke so far. So that we are where we are is pretty amazing. Yeah, I feel good. Trevor, do you feel, feel good? Feel fantastic. Yeah, I'm happy we came out with no injuries and only two yellows. Oh yeah, sporting. Yeah, against sporting. So yeah, that was good. That's that's a victory, all around. Yeah, and Devin Sandoval still has a leg. 
Fortunately. Barely. Did you see that tackle? Yeah, I saw the tackle. Of course I saw the did tackle. Did Simon Borg do a replay of it? <laughs> yes, he Simon did. Simon Borg did do a replay of it. <laughs> what did he say happened? Uh, he said it was definitely a red card tackle. Would you have called that, Trevor? <laughs> I would not have done it differently, if that's what you're asking. Good job. <laughs> no, I think even Borg, which, I mean, Borg is going to, but I think he even said that uh, he would not be surprised if Russell received extra games for it. I like I like the way he thinks sometimes. 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 Yeah. It's rare, but sometimes. He's entertaining. Anything else about KC, or should we move on to preview Philly? Yeah, let's let's uh, take a quick break, talk about Philadelphia Union. Yeah, and then let's get our buddy Scott on the phone right now. Yep, Scott Kessler coming <laughs> right up. One, one Scott Kessler hot and ready? No. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, Scott Kessler of, uh, I guess, now No Short Corners. Uh, congratulations on, on that move for you. And I hear you're, uh, you're walking now, and that's, that's also a positive move. How are things over in Philadelphia? Uh, well, for me personally, thank you for the, the kind introduction and for the uh, congratulations. Uh, it's going well for me. Uh, for Philadelphia, we're finally having a turnaround on our weather. And on the uh, on the union side of things, it's been up and down, which has been the union's existence. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. Doesn't That's kind it? of their mo. Yeah. So let, let's uh, let's start off with this, Scott. Quick question. Um, big news coming out of Philly. Um, just, sure, you've got an opinion on it. Yeah, just a few days ago, right? Keon Daniel getting released is what you're talking about, right? <laughs> no, no, we're talking bigger than that. Bigger. And some, somebody it. has a lightsaber in here. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking so, about uh, Jack Mack trading yeah. for or being traded to Montreal for Andrew Wenger. What do you it, think that What do you think that does for Philly? Are we expecting to see Andrew Wenger this week? Is he an, an immediate impact kind of player? It, it, it was to, to me. It was a weird deal. Um, not because I thought that McInerney was ever going to really stay in Philadelphia because he said publicly that he wasn't going to re-sign unless they gave him a lot of money. But the team still had a, uh, a team option for 2015, according to him and uh, sources that confirmed it to Dave Zeitlin, who covers the team for MLSsoccer.com and CSN Philly. Uh, so there was at least another year that could have controlled him, and I mean, his contract wasn't favorable based upon production. He would have been a six-year off of a GA contract, and that's pricey. I mean, you're probably looking at, like, uh, I think this year he probably was making about 220 uh, guaranteed, so you're probably talking somewhere closer to 250 in a six-year, if not more. Um, Wenger, though, I mean, here's a big deal with Wenger. As, as you guys know, he's never produced in Major League Soccer because uh, coming in, he didn't have a position. It was either forward or uh, forward or striker or midfielder. I mean, it, it's a guy who's very good at soccer but not very good enough at, at any position to pin him down. So you second behind DeVaio, and even when DeVaio has been out, he never was able to finish. And that was a knock on him coming out of Vancouver. But the knock on McInerney going to Vancouver is the exact same thing. And the real, the real part of the trade was that McInerney in a 4-3-3, the way that Hackworth wants to play it, instead of the 4-5-1 that Hackworth initially played when he took over from Novak, it drastically changed the outlook of McInerney, who is a poacher's poacher. He's not a guy who's He's once in a while showed a little bit of skill on the ball and broken through a defense. He did it versus DC United, um, but I, I, you guys have seen him versus Real Salt Lake. He 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 takes shots. He doesn't. He's not 
RVP. Uh, <laughs> he's not Darren Maddox blazing down the wing. You know, he's somebody who's a smaller version of, of a less skilled Wondolowski almost. A less skilled Wondolowski. <laughs> not very nice, I, Scott. I, I, I'm not trying. You know, I'm not trying to to kill the guy. The guy has. The guy has, when he's in form, as we saw last year, he has the ability to be a game-changing finisher. Yeah. But that's his game. You're not going to see him breaking apart. The, Sa- Sabarillo is what you need if you're going to play a 4-3-3 with, with just a single solitary striker and very wide. Yeah, he's sort of perfect for that, and he's custom-made right. for that, and we don't use him that way. It's kind of fun. But, but I mean, he's good enough where he can play in other positions, whereas McInerney needs somebody to... I mean, I think he would have been best if Mwanga had ever developed that one-two punch where you had a bigger guy who could hold ball and allow McInerney to make the runs off because McInerney's game is built off of off-ball movement. Yeah. The second that the ball gets to him, he gets very frustrated because unless it's in the perfect place, I mean, you can see on his face that he's upset. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought he just had that kind of face. I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, there, there, are, uh, there are opinions of him and what his status was in the locker room yeah. uh, in terms of attitude. And from what I've been told and from what I've from what I've heard from people in the locker room, he was friendly with the younger players, and he didn't cause a big enough problem for the veterans where it was a Deshaun Jackson situation. I'm going to link it to another Philadelphia sports team here. But yeah. I, I, it really comes down to, I, I think, tactically you have, that situ- you have that situation where you didn't fit. And the fact that, um, Hackworth is Hackworth, and I would have said the same thing about Novak. Novak's Novak, but Hackworth is a Novak disciple. Coach under him at the at the national team level, youth national team level. Coach under him with the union and took over Novak's team. So, in a lot of ways, Novak's Novak and Hackworth are two completely different people away from coaching. I would hope so. But <laughs> I mean, Hackworth is a very very nice guy. I've, I've uh, Actually, I was at a charity dinner with him for the union, and I sat right next to him. But really nice guy to talk to and everything off the field. But you can see Novakian things with his substitutions and his tactical decisions. Yeah. It's not that big of a difference from what Novak was doing, except he's not insane. And I'm, I'm going to use that term. Novak ended up being insane. Nobody checked on him like happened at DC United. I, it, that was a lot of fun to watch, I'll be honest. From, from here in Salt yeah. Lake. like Oh, man. From a third-party perspective... The Novak thing was was beautiful, and and the uh, the crazy thing is that see you you guys are from an area where you don't have four dominant teams for the sports culture, and then the union trying to inch their way in. Yeah. You know, Real Salt Lake is very very big there. I mean, everybody from outside of Salt Lake can tell. Oh yeah, no, you it's know, true. And radio takes it. it seriously. Your local media takes it seriously. It's kind of nice. I, and to be fair, the Jazz have been awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure awful really starts to uh, to, to grasp out how bad they've been. Sixers, though. I mean, you're talking relative to the Sixers. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, so when 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 you look at this situation and you you have what the what the what the union did, you would think that the reaction of general fans to the way that the team was covered would be different, but the Philadelphia Union fan base, specifically the Sons of Ben, and I'm not knocking them in any way, but they wanted to make their own Philadelphia sports culture because we're we're perceived, and I'm saying we because outside of the Union, when I'm not covering 
soccer. I mean, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, I want to see soccer succeed in it, and I, I want to see the teams in the city succeed. But the perception of people like me is hard-headed, over-the-top, you know, very reactionary, very negative. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the union, you've got people that are hard-headed but in the opposite direction, overly positive, overly trusting, overly faithful. Um, huh. With Novak, it was trust in Novak. I, I remember uh, seeing that. Until like the last minute, even though I, – I mean I got I, – I, I had written an article because I had been told that Hackworth was going to succeed Novak. I mean there th- was not even a question. It wasn't even a question of interviewing that before he got fired, I was told like two months beforehand that he, if he got fired in, two, in, in uh, 2012, Hackworth would take over. Wow. People ripped on me for saying that I shouldn't have written it because it was going to destroy team morale. <laughs> And, and I, now you have to remember, I'm 23 in 2014. I was a 21-year-old kid in college with a laptop. Yeah. And I was being told by a fan base that I was going to ruin team morale. You're I mean, a very powerful man, Scott. I, I at one point, was con- relatively powerful. Um, I mean, um, so Keon Daniel, just for example, Keon Daniel, I know I joked about it, but they did release him. He did play a lot under Hackworth and Novak, uh, considering that he never really produced. But there was a point in time where he had visa problems. Yeah. And I accidentally started the free the free Keon movement. <laughs> which now has turned into a joke because he was actually freed from the union. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, we got off onto all these uh all these nice mini stories. Oh um, no, no, that's no, it's fine. That's the sort of thing we love here at uh, uh at this awful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of bring it back to the beginning, we talked a lot about Jack Mack, but yes. d- I, what do you know about Andrew Winger? Do you know, is, is he looking like he's going to play this weekend, or is he more got to get into the team a little bit? Yes. It's, it's, it's a confusing situation because Connor Casey, who you expressed prior to this, you did not like him. Uh, oh, no, of course no. not. Casey scored 10 goals last year. Now, oh. that's fine for a backup, but he played a ton last year. I think it was 25 starts and 31 appearances. He played a lot of minutes last year and only put 10 together. Now, he was coming off of a major injury, um, which I hope you guys didn't cheer. No, no. Uh, Well, (laughs) we never cheer injuries. No, Trevor does, apparently. He was was a breath of fresh air in terms of tactical change because ever since Alejandro Moreno left, and even when Alejandro Moreno was with the Union in 2010, you were really looking for a target striker who could score, and at that point in his career, he was really just hold up and help to assist. The Union have always lacked a big target man, which is what people were kind of hoping Mwanga would turn into. Mwanga doesn't work out, so what happens? They don't bring in anyone. So your forwards end up being special two, uh, who we can get into in a little bit, because that is an interesting discussion now in Philadelphia, um, and Jack McInerney, basically. Then they bring in Aaron Wheeler. And you, and you say to yourself, hey, you know, you've got Casey and Aaron Wheeler now. you got big men. But Hackworth has never really employed a target man with a secondary striker running off of him. You never really saw McInerney fully being utilized as a, as a poaching guy running off of a big guy. Uh, and now Casey is the best forward for the 4-3-3. You know, we discussed earlier with the, uh, uh, Severio. Is it Severio or Saborio, by the way? Severio. Saborio. Saborio. I haven't pronouncing it correctly. If you say uh, Saborio, we'll we'll just glare at you silently. So <laughs> don't worry too much. Uh, 
I mean, when when you look at the four three three, the the prototypical four three three, you want somebody who you can play through out of that center forward position. But the way that the Union are playing the four three three, and the way that they have the midfield set up and everything, you need somebody that can take across to the chest and hold it up and wait for people to run on. Because one problem that McInerney was having earlier this season, it wasn't even finishing. Versus like the crew, he would get into the six and then have to wait 15 seconds for someone else to come through. Yeah, that's not particularly effective, is it? Exactly. So, but, but then the problem with Casey is he's in his mid-30s now, and he's not exactly, he was never the fastest person before the injury, and he was never the fastest person before he got old. Yeah. So yeah. you're talking about that. His on-the-ball on the skills are actually decent for someone his size, considering he's like yeah. the linebacker. But he isn't going to tear apart a defense. He's going to create a little bit of room. His crossing skills are maybe average for a striker. I mean, he's not somebody who's a game changer. So when you get Wenger and you have this young guy who's shown that he's got some skill on the ball, he's got a little bit of a passing mind, your hope is that he can play target striker because he's a little bit – he's not big, but he's bigger than Jack McInerney. Oh, yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, but, but then the problem that you, that you have is he's not a target striker. You know, he's not he, – he doesn't hold up play like you would want – and if you're playing him out of the midfield, who do you take out of the midfield for the Union then? Maurice Adu? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> a lot of people in Philadelphia are calling for Brian Carroll's head, and we can also get into that later also tactically. But the, the thing is, if I see where I think Hackworth might be going is, you've got a guy who last year actually made $40,000 more guaranteed in compensation than McInerney. Yeah. And he's only scored six career goals in three seasons now. Um, I think it's just over two thousand minutes. It's a horrible rate. Yeah, uh, that that that's yeah. not a good rate at all. So I don't see him being a forward per se. Maybe as a backup forward, but realistically, his best position heading into Major League Soccer, if he hadn't played forward for Duke, would have been center back. And I think if you go back and read the scouting reports, he's good playing the ball the back. He's much better than most center backs because he's had all this time playing on the ball. He's played midfield before, so he, like a Moby Akugo, is comfortable moving out of the back beyond just playing the ball. And then on top of that, he's got some size. Now, yeah. Hackworth showed his willingness to convert a player in terms of Aaron Wheeler, and I've been probably the most negative person on that move. And for the first week or two with Aaron Wheeler, people were like, oh, look, he's actually doing well. And then Major League Soccer went off and named him Defensive Player of the Week, and I got hell for a week. And then what happened? He almost lost the Union the game, and I was righteously justified <laughs> in my position. That's the best part of being a writer, like that yes. righteous indignation. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. That is the, that is the best part. Uh, unfortunately, most of the things I've written about the Union, I had to wait weeks to come out. So I sat there wondering if it was going to be my head at the next tailgate that I saw people at. Uh, <laughs> but for this one, it's – I honestly – the Wenger trade, it was more of, hey, Vancouver, we don't want McInerney. And Vancouver's like, hey, we don't want Wenger. You want him? Because he's got two team options left, apparently, on yeah. his GA deal, which means that they could they could just let him go yeah, for nothing. But people are mm. saying that that's one theory. And I, would, and I said to people, then why wouldn't you just keep McInerney for the rest of the year, let him sign a pre-contract with the European team this summer, and let him go in December? That's that desire to just, like, keep something, right? I mean, like, to have something when you could otherwise just have nothing. 
Either way, they're probably going to end up with nothing. I, I really don't see Wenger doing anything on this team that... I mean, if they moved Aaron Wheeler back up the striker, probably better than than uh, than Wenger. And they're not going to move Men- Wenger back to, to center back because you have Hackworth's favorite in Wheeler. You have uh, Barry, who's back from injury 100% healthy now and was starting. I don't even I don't even really like Barry, but he's the best center back other than Amobi Kugo on the on the team right now. Yeah, it's got Ethan White who hasn't seen a single minute. I mean, just reminder: Aaron Wheeler got into a game at center back before Ethan White, and they're still carrying final <laughs> draft pick Richie Marquez, who uh, who surprised people in spring training. I mean, for this is the first season probably in the Union's history that they've had actual depth at the center back position, and it's not real depth. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Juan Diego Gonzalez. The name, he's, but no. no he, Did he, he play for Philadelphia Union? Philadelphia, he was one of the <laughs> Colombian acquisitions that they had, and there have been a lot of questions about whether or not he was one of the uh, deals that the Union had with uh, when Diego Gutierrez was the technical director. That may have been a little bit questionable in terms of legality in certain parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the highest players on the team as a backup center back. He's barely saw any playing time. I wrote an article calling him, uh, the, I think it was the $193,000 paperweight. You can actually search for it online. It's one of my crowning achievements because that, that, the paperweight nickname stuck until he left the team. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't get taken on a trip in which they had no center backs on the trip. I mean, I think like Danny Califf was sick or hurt, and they didn't bring him on the trip. You don't really need center backs on the bench, right? If you get injured, you could. I hear you can just throw a striker back there. I, they, uh, to be fair, to Aaron Wheeler and Hackworth, they have been trending him all, all season, preseason to yeah. play center back. But I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's a weird a, one. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, but right. we, we do want a prediction from you. And we'll share our predictions with you as well. All right. In the spirit of giving. Should I go first, or are you going to show your hand? Yeah, no, go first. Go first. Okay. I'm going to say this partly for the laughs and partly because I actually think it's going to happen. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I think the union go up early, say oh. like the first 25 minutes, maybe add to that lead, and then comically give it up over the last 15 minutes of the game uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it 2-2 but I will say that my wild card is a late Savarillo goal and that would just be the icing on the cake for my spreadsheet alright sounds I, good Yeah, I'll, I think we like that prediction uh, that reminds me a little of last year two years ago last year last year no last, last year, year we had the 2-2 game penalty kick yeah mm. last year we went up early um and then we gave up a kind of a soft goal right at the end, I think. That oh, sounds like a union. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Trevor, what's your prediction? I'll, I'll be honest. I'm sorry, Scott, but I think it's going to be really ugly. I think we get, a like, a solid three or four goal win this weekend. So, so you're going for, like, a 2010 sort of situation here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, along those lines. All right. I feel it. <laughs> Charles? Uh, I I kind of think that Real's going to have their way with it, but I'm going to keep it a little bit conservative and say 2-1 RSL. Uh, so, I, I always make the same prediction, uh, 3-0. <laughs> so I'm going to say 3-0. How, how do we get 3-0, Matt? Tell us. Uh, I think we 
See, I keep predicting own goals, but none of them come. So, uh, in, you know the spirit, in the spirit of that... Uh, Shane own goal and Aaron Wheeler. If he doesn't play, you win anyway. Ooh. <laughs> see, I'm going to predict... Uh, like, uh, See, I, I like that Aaron Wheeler idea. That's fun. But I'm going to go with Sebastian Latou suddenly forced <laughs> back to center back. Uh, in some like weird emergency situation, because you guys forgot he's you had played, a center back. He's played right back before. That's yeah, remarkable. he has. I remember that. Why don't I remember that? I don't know. It was so he's though. he's going to be the new center back. Uh, you would think Henry I would remember it. I tried the ball off of him. Brain. It'll hit his foot. It'll roll in. It'll end. You know, we'll go one nil. The Union surprisingly have only had like a handful of own goals, considering how bad the defenses have been over the years. That's because they let it, they let the other team score often enough. Then. That's also the other problem sometimes yeah all the time <laughs> and the other two goals are going to be javier morales free kicks from like 18 yards out right right that's, on the edge of the box the foul will be inside the box we'll all get upset and, i gotta uh, say that's actually kind of reasonable yeah we'll see uh i don't remember the last time we scored from a set piece it was pr- it's been we, we've done it i know, we I know when. all right well hey scott thank you so much for coming on no problem at all. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, take care. Absolutely. Talk to you later, man. So, first, thank you, Scott, for joining us. You were a fantastic guest, and uh, while we may have cut your interview a little bit, it, it ran a little longer than we were anticipating. Uh, you can catch the full thing on SoundCloud. We'll also have it on iTunes and uh, on RSL Soapbox. Because we want everyone to hear your sage wisdom. Uh, that's not sarcasm, by the way. That's No, Scott very, knows what he's talking about. Very good union information. <laughs> uh, but for the purpose of time, uh, catch the full thing uh, anywhere you can find the podcast. Yeah. So let's let's talk uh, RSL against the Union. Yes. And uh, move on from there. Okay. Jason, so? we miss you. We want you to come. I'm, oh, Jason, come back. Please, Jason, come back. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> Charles, Ch- you Charles, you're Charles, you're. I'm glad Jason's not here because I'm here because of it. So. That's true. You're always welcome. <laughs> so, All right. Uh, so who starts? Who starts? Yeah. Well, probably at Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick Romano uh, hasn't trained in a couple of days now. So yeah. that's not my favorite thing to hear. And, and he tweeted something kind of cryptic just a little bit ago. He did. No, no, like super cryptic, but yeah. just like something about how he's working on getting back, and he appreciates all the messages of concern that's and not stuff. Cryptic. It's not really cryptic, but it means that's he's not injured. like yeah. It means he's injured. He's not playing this weekend. This so. is what yeah. he said. Today was a good day. Being cautious, but moving in the right direction. Thanks for all your concerns and messages. Yeah, being cautious, moving in the right direction means he's not playing this weekend. Yes, definitely. And uh, that seems to be universal. I think Jeff Kassar said he probably wasn't going to play. Yeah. And Logaway said the same thing. But hopefully he continues to tweet at opposing players, because that was pretty awesome. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, uh, that Don Dwyer guy. <laughs> what a putz. A putz? Oh, boy. A putz. You go back to the 1950s while you weren't watching the Kansas City match? But... <laughs> I saw that movie, Back to the Future. That's what that was about, right? No, that was actually... Uh... That was a documentary? No. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of Speed. I don't know what you're talking about now. You've completely lost me. Speed, the the documentary about the bus that couldn't stay down. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, what did you get around the and came back? Yeah. All right. So I know it's starting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. 
Schuler Borchers probably definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Outside backs still question mark. Uh, uh, I yeah. think Tony's out. No, uh, Tony Beltran did training. training. And uh, Rich Bashan actually left training early. Uh, mm. Wrapped up his leg. Wingert back yet? Sounds no, like Wingert's back. Yeah. From what so Wingert tweeted out today. It could be basically right. business as usual. Could be. Yeah, that's uh, that's just cool. I won't complain. Cool. Midfield. Yep. Exactly what we expect. Yeah, uh, maybe not Louis Skill. Uh, Probably but, not Louis. Skill. But Gill is back in training, so that's okay. good. Uh, so we could see him, but but Kassar also did talk about managing Gill's minutes, mm-hmm. and that's important to remember. Like that's usually code for he's probably not going to play this weekend. Yeah. So at that point, we see Mulholland in his spot. I, yeah, I guess so. Or uh, Sebastian Velasquez, who's been fully training now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, like, we love Luke Mahala now for his goal-scoring exploits. We'll use a plural there because of our righteous indignation that we love here off the crossbar. We've said righteous indignation, like, twice now. Yeah, I say it a lot. That's good. It's my word of the day, I guess. (laughs) Phrase of the day. It's two words. All right, so, yeah, so... One of the three. I think you'd see any of those three players. All right, Hobby's playing. Yeah. Grabboy's playing. Yeah. Beckerman's playing. Yeah. So really the only question mark is Mulholland or Velasquez? Or Gil. Maybe Gil. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm they gonna... all have, for me, a pretty pretty even chances. 30, you know, 33% chance each of the play. All right. Yeah. So so here's a thought, though. At what point do you think they start rotating players to to get guys a day and, off? And that, that's the other thing. I mean, we're playing the Union, who, no disrespect to the Union, are kind of awful. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah, we just heard about that, actually. We did kind of just hear about that. Um, so, I mean, maybe this is a game where Kassar just doesn't take any chances. Maybe Beltran's not 110%. He doesn't play. Maybe if Gill's not 110%, he doesn't play at all. You know, maybe it's a chance where you see Grossman. You might see Sturzer. You might see um, some of the players that we well, haven't we've seen. We've forgotten yet. about Cole Grossman. He's another good option there. Yeah. We Look might see us. Grossman start. We might see Grabovoy sit for a game. Um, oh. If Sebastian's ready, maybe we see Sebastian instead of Javi. I, it's it's that kind of game. We've I had think it's five a little early against, for rotation. Maybe. And maybe I mean, we're probably not going to see a full reserve side. Yeah. You know what I mean? I oh, wouldn't no. say not, that at all. Not this but, early in the season, playing once a week. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's the kind of opponent, it's the kind of point in the season we've been doing great up to this point. Where maybe some squad rotation wouldn't be a bad thing. The other Give thing some is, guys some minutes that haven't gotten any yet. You're not going to want to do any squad rotation during the World Cup when all those guys are gone. So maybe yep. it might be a great day to sit Morales. Get, yeah. you know, get him some rest mm-hmm. now. So he, Let him take a midday nap. You know, yeah. So he's more fresh you know, in May and June when there's no way we can sit him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's definitely something to look out for, isn't it? So who do, who do we play up top? <laughs> well... It's still pretty limited up top. Yeah. I think we've got three healthy forwards. Uh, we have Sabrio, we have Garcia, and we've got Sandoval. Benji Lopez is fit, but he's... Not going to be... Yeah, he won't be there. Uh, Along with Jordan Allen. Congratulations, then. We'll talk about you guys later. Briefly. Uh, we pretend they're listening, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So, Please listen. Okay, so yeah, we've got three options for forwards. So, I I mean... Do we go probably... Sabrio, Sandoval? Maybe, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I think at this point you you kind of expect one of those guys to get subbed off at one point. I mean, I 
I would bet that we're going to see all three of those guys at one point. I would agree with that. One of those three is going to go 90 minutes, and the other one's going to go 60, and then somebody's going to go 30. You know, I, I, I bet Sabrina goes 90. I'll, I'll bet you're right, you know? Thanks. But uh, maybe this is an opportunity to have a slightly different look against a defense that's just not that good. Yeah. The other thing is that, at least last year, Sandoval and Garcia played really well together. Yeah. They had really good chemistry, yeah. probably better chemistry than Sabarillo and, and Garcia. So, yeah. just a thought. Yeah. Lots of options. That's fun. Look at us. Options. <laughs> so, Dead. basically, what we've established. Righteous indignation. We have no idea who's going to play. Yeah, we're good like that. <laughs> At Noah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Adnell is definitely go. playing. Fernandez is going to be on the bench. Chris Schuler is going to play. Chris Schuler is yeah, he'll, he'll play. Yeah, I'm, they gave him a rest day Tuesday. Tuesday. Wait, so. to, yeah, that's today's Wednesday. Yes, today's okay. Wednesday. Tuesday. You're right. I'm bad with my days sometimes. So I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I'm going to say Sandoval Garcia starts. Cool. Trevor, I, what do you think? I would love to see Sandoval Garcia. What would honestly. you would do that? What? That that's what you would do. Yeah, I would I would do love to see Sandoval Garcia. You would do love. That's what I said. I said I would love, and you said you would do that. So yeah, yeah I would do love. Cool. Yeah, I'd... <laughs> you're the one who asked the question. <laughs> I don't know what I do. I I, I kind of want to see Sabrio Sandoval because I I'm not convinced that Sabrio is a classic nine, honestly, and I think we could see him in a a different role that might actually like see more of what he does best. Well, and we kind of saw that against Toronto because he was playing more, not so much centrally. It was more Garcia playing centrally against yeah. Toronto. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. And we we really haven't seen a lot of Sabrio Sandoval through the course of, you know, Yeah, we just year. haven't had the opportunities. Right. Yeah. Just a thought. So. Should we move on? Let's move on. Okay. We Did have you have something else to say? No, I, I want to move on. To the international call-ups. Yay! We're missing players. We're Again. missing a player that we didn't even know we had last week. Isn't that neat? Glad. Yeah. Justin Glad got called up. And oh, yeah. He wasn't he's signed not gonna, last week. He's not going to join us till late April. Well, he's signed. Yeah. He did score a goal, too. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> so, uh, defender extraordinaire slash uh, MLS reported potential Beckerman future guy. <laughs> uh Five years down the line, maybe. Mini Borchers. Mini, Mini Borchers. borchers. Yeah. Also fullback. Anyway, Justin Glad, uh, 17 years old. Uh, second youngest player we've ever signed. Are you guys excited? Um, Yeah, again, I always... You're not excited, Trevor? No, no, I, I'm excited. I love okay. that we're signing young players, and I love that we're signing players out of the academy. I just... It seems like everybody really just once we get the new signing, once we get Benji Lopez or Justin Glad or Jordan Allen... Everybody just wants to see them play and wants yeah. them playing right now. The kid's 17. Yeah. He doesn't need to play for... A, two years. If we don't see him for two years, that's fine. Yeah, we didn't see Lewis Gill for his first year. Yeah. We saw him... Well, okay, we saw him in one, like, 10-minute cameo in an yeah. Open Cup game, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't play that much. Yeah. One thing about, about Glad, the team was, was very, very high on him. They were really hoping to, to, to sign him um, prior to the start of the season, and... and I think it's it says quite a lot that he he's picking RSL over a scholarship to Stanford. Yeah, I mean, four year full ride. That's pretty yeah. incredible. Um, so his his potential, you know, there's that big word potential. But from everything that that the team has said, you know, his potential is through the roof. That's pretty cool. 
he's just a player that we're going to have. He's going to train with us, play in the occasional reserve game, and always get called up to U.S. youth national stuff. I, I Well, maybe not always, but I expect him to be gone as often as any of the guys for youth national team. Oh, absolutely. And it so. makes you wonder if they find a, find somewhere to loan him out to so he's getting some game time at a little Yeah, division. I don't know. But at, at the same point, like right now, we don't need that. And again, he's, he's going to be joining the team later, so I mean, that's not even an option that's on the table right now. But And he's still going to play in the academy, uh, the academy playoffs. The academy playoffs in June. So. Yeah. Good for him, but I mean, it, it's really, it's the first time we've had a signing like this where where they are still part of the academy setup, but we've signed them. It's yeah. really strange. I think it just kind of goes back to say how, how in much the team wanted to get him in yeah and wanted you know even if he's just not playing they wanted to get him signed and being a part of the team yeah hard to hard to dispute that watching him in uh he's he's played what like one reserves match for us is all uh, in a preseason game yeah in a preseason game and he was the man of the match in that Reserve. He was great in that Portland game. Yeah. And he should have had an assist in the preseason game. Yeah. Because he sent in the cross to Sabarillo that nine times out of ten, Sabarillo puts away. Yeah. Very exciting. Should we also talk about our other international call-ups? Yeah. Benji Lopez and Jordan Allen? Yeah. One of whom was likely to play, I think, in this match. For the for us or for, for the us. U.S.? For us. Alan would have probably made the made it into the match if he was available against Philly. But him not being available is not it's, that big a deal. Nope. Uh, but they're called up to the USU 20s for the Dallas Cup. Yeah. Which, which lasts is, a few weeks. So. Which is a big deal. Yeah, they'll be gone two matches for Arsenal. They'll, they'll miss. Yeah. The Dallas Cup is uh, it, it's a big deal um, for youth. Teams they get to the play world. against the Dallas under 18s. I mean, come on, that's really. No, they get cool. to play against uh, oh, who was it? Somebody tweeted, but no, some it's German like team, international um, teams, uh, teams from like Brazil, from Germany, from yeah. England. I think they said that they're going to play against uh, Stokes U 20s or something like that. Ritzy. I mean Stoke, but th- that's what I mean. They're playing against Long kids who are growing up in academies in different parts of the country, yeah. different parts of the world, and that's cool. Yeah, it's a great experience, and I think like that that's something that really does something good for player development. Yeah, and as Even far if as they don't become full internationals someday. Like, well, most of them won't, let's be honest. No, that's true. Jordan <laughs> Allen will. That, Mark that, my words. Okay. Their uh, first game is against uh, River Platte. Plate? R- Plate. I don't know how to pronounce that. Plate. Whatever. No, it's, it's River Plate. Plate. <laughs> Promise. Plate. That Argentina Plate. team. <laughs> Ooh, that's... You know, yeah. So it's it, as far as youth international tournaments go, Dallas Cup is is cool. That's cool. Good for them. Fully. Uh, and any experience they get, I mean, especially Lopez, who doesn't get a chance to play very many minutes. You know, that's just good. That's just gravy. Yeah. I don't know if there's signing. Anything to say. No, there's kind of a minor thing. Signing uh, Justin Glad means Joey Dillon is. Oh. Kaput. Our third round draft pick is gone. We now officially have none of our draft picks. We didn't sign any of them, did we? We No, we signed oh, two of them. We just got rid of them. We signed Ryan Neal. We, we signed Ryan Neal. We did sign him? Yeah. I thought we didn't. We, so, we signed him to a, you know, a conditional contract. Yeah, that's not signing him. 
That's signing. No, it's not. He, he put his pen to paper. Okay, but we did for, sign... For a 10-day contract. You're right. Yeah, okay. We did sign Joey Dillon, though. <clears throat> Ryan Neal did land at uh, San Jose. San Jose. Good yeah, Ryan Neal did. And he's already got minutes for him, hasn't he? I don't know. I haven't paid enough attention. I Are you pulling that out of your hat? No, I, I Are you going to juggle next? I thought he played like a game or something for him. I think we have somebody oh, looking up. we got up. Steve yeah. looking it up right now. Go Steve. Anyway, yeah, Joey Dillon's no, longer with Ryan the team. Neal. So. Oh, Ryan Neal. <clears throat> so that's that's the last bit of news, I think. Yeah. We'll just wait on this this information, but no draft picks. Daniel Jackson was gone in the first like after the first camp. Although first half an hour, he he, he did get a trial at Chicago Fire, and now he's at Carolina Railhawks. So. With Enzo Martinez. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's something. I mean, it's something. He could still pan out. For not us, so I don't really care. Oh, he could still pan out for us. I think we retain his rights for uh, mm. for two years, right? Mm. Ryan Neal? Yeah. I don't think we retain rights of draft picks. We do. Do we? Yes. Is it one of those MLS rules? Yeah. It's like, if you dig deep enough. That they could change at any moment. Yeah, I mean, so, we've, we've well, got him for now, so. You know, if LA needs them to change the rules, they'll change the rules. So. I, th- I thought we needed to, like, make him, a, like, an offer. Like a, like a bona fide offer in order for us to retain rights. I, uh, we'll look it up later. Yeah, it's Man. not important. No, <laughs> it's not. All right, well, did anybody send in listener questions? I, I haven't gotten any listener Nobody questions. Nobody sent in listener. Oh. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, well. I blame Jason for that one. Yeah, Jason's usually pretty. No, no. Once nothing, a... for Ryan Neal? nothing for Ryan Neal. Did you not watch that game either? <laughs> Did I not what? Watch that game either. I, I, I guess not. I thought I saw his name in a lineup but somewhere. You, you, going back to your point though about not signing in our, any of our draft picks, I I think that it, we would much rather have Jordan Allen and and yeah, and Justin, Justin Glad. Glad. Yeah, it's... who cares. I'm, That's I'm awesome. not worried about us not the, signing draft the, picks. The draft is going to be irrelevant soon, so it's just weird that it's finally here. I thought it's that not was so like a, super anymore. Yeah, the MLS mediocre draft. <laughs> you know, like how I had the word okra in there. <laughs> mediocre draft. Mediocre draft. Okay. That's how you pronounce that word. That's right? not how you pronounce that word. It's mediocre. Mediocre. No. <laughs> It, it like that that vegetable thing. No, I've never had okra. I have. It's delicious. Is it? Yeah, it's not bad. That okra was like off yellow color, kind of like. Okra? No, it's it's ochre. green. Ochre? Like, yes. yeah, 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 no, the the color ochre. Yes. I thought okra was the mountains. It's also mountains. Hmm. This is yeah. This is going downhill it's really fast. Back. So uh, no questions this week. <laughs> That's okay. We assume you're still listening. And enjoying every last second of it. Uh, maybe. Hopefully. So, right. <laughs> till next week, I guess. Till next week. See you later. <laughs>